Welcome to Talking Wyndham, your weekly insight into the people who make our city surprising, fascinating, vibrant and interesting. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page. Hi and welcome to another edition of the Talking Wyndham podcast. My name is Kevin Hillier, here for the Committee for Wyndham. Of course, uh, they do a lot of work around the uh, the city of Wyndham. And if you want to find out uh, what it's all about, who they are, what they do, some of the programs they run, and all that information is available on the Facebook page for the Committee for Wyndham and also on the website. So please check it out. If you're not a member already, become a member and be part of uh, a thriving organisation uh, that, of course, is doing some terrific work uh, around the city of Wyndham. Today, we head back to Victoria University once again, and we'll meet Dr. Bill Petreski. Now, Bill is the Director for the School for Transport Systems and Civic Infrastructure. What is it? Well, we're going to find that out very shortly. But a reminder about uh, Vic University, uh, we speak a lot about uh, the university uh, on this program and the Polytechnic, uh, and of course, rightly so. Uh, vu.edu.au is the website. The virtual open day they had a few weeks back uh, is now on demand, so you're actually able to go to the website now, have a look at the panel discussions, check out uh, things like the uh, the VU block model for, uh, for learning. All that information is there on the website, so please check it out, vu.edu.au. Uh, we always talk about the fact that Vic Uni is a university of opportunity and success, and it most certainly is. They're committed to providing accessible education for the people of the West and beyond, uh, so make sure you check out their website, vu.edu.au. But let's get to our guest for today as we head to the uh, School for Transport Systems and Civic Infrastructure. Thanks so much for okay. your time. Um, I guess the well, let's start at the beginning. Tell us what the director of for the School for Transport Systems and Civic Infrastructure actually does. So uh, my role as director is uh, I'm really setting uh, the strategy, the development, and establishing the school uh, essentially from uh, the ground up. And uh, the school's been uh, put together um, as a virtual school, and uh, you might be wondering what a virtual school is. Yep. Uh, in the in the context of Victoria University, a virtual school uh, doesn't mean that it's online. Uh, it means that it's actually bringing together a number of different components and colleges within the university to try to integrate them uh, in terms of their activities, their purpose, their teaching and learning, uh, and and in fact their students, so that they can get across uh, a disciplinary um, experience across engineering and science, across business, across law and justice and across arts and education, but with a very specific focus on looking at what the um, transport systems and infrastructure industries look like and preparing them for uh, their careers uh, uh, into, into the future workforce. All right. Well, then, then what is actually, what is a transport system? So uh, in our context, a transport system really looks at, um, you know, the nature of how people in- interact with their environment. Uh, you know, the models, uh, the networks, um, how they use public transport, how they might use uh, freight and logistics uh, systems, how they operate and how to really optimise them and work with them. And in fact, it goes into some of the future technologies such as um, autonomous vehicles, uh, robotics, uh, drones, um, you know, which are just a natural extension of where transport in general or transport systems in general is going 
uh, in terms of um, uh, future technologies and and uh, emerging careers. So, Bill, you mentioned you're building this from the ground up. So, uh, so what's the starting blocks? So, at the moment, the starting blocks are is we've taken a research-led approach. Uh, so, what 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 that means is that um, we've actually kicked off um, our activities by looking at some uh, key research areas, uh, and those key research areas that uh, touch on some of the uh, emerging areas of digital transformation, how people are embracing what we're calling, you know, either cyber physical systems or what people mostly know know it to be, which is uh, typically termed Industry 4.0. Um, and that's basically using, you know, software, other technologies, and, uh, you know, their applications in, in a lot of the different areas. Another area of, uh, I guess, research-led teaching is um, in energy networks. Uh, people are aware that a lot more, you know, there's a lot more options in terms of energy uh, in, in the form of electricity and, and, and other capacities um, and how that's really impacting our future networks and, and, and how, uh, you know, not only consumers but, but also industries consume energy. And thirdly, into the built environment, what this all means in terms of uh, urban planning, the socioeconomic impacts and how people uh, are interacting with their environment. So we identified those three core areas of research industry collaborations to sort of develop and lead uh, lead the uh, capability development and uh, of our teaching and learning and our teaching and learning. So therefore, could be at the fo- at the real forefront of um, new courses, uh, new units, uh, and for people to be able to uh, look at how career opportunities are emerging amongst all of those uh, different areas of industry. So who is the virtual school targeted at? So in the, in the first instance, um, the virtual school is targeted at trying to work with industry to upskill their workforces, to look at micro-credentialing for people to be able to, uh, the existing workforces to be able to really ramp up. Uh, importantly, to be able to fill the capability and capacity that's being built into the a really large amount of um, infrastructure projects that are being rolled out by state government and federal government. The projects uh, number just in the western suburbs of Melbourne uh, number well into the into the sixties, wow. uh, and and with a value of uh, uh, you know about a hundred billion dollars. Um, and you know, in the first instance, where we're trying to actually uh, be relevant to industry to be able to. Meet the capacities and the and the requirements for them to be able to fill those infrastructure projects. And as we all know, uh, in this time of COVID, it's really important that we we come out uh, of COVID with a with a strong economic opportunity and jobs creation. And uh, you know, the number of projects that, that I've mentioned earlier um, are looking to create three to four hundred thousand new jobs just in the western suburbs of Melbourne. And uh, this is one of the reasons why. This virtual school, although virtual, is actually physically located at our Werribee campus. Uh, People might recognise that uh, Victoria University has multiple campuses across the western suburbs, and uh, we see those campuses uh, playing a big role across the school, uh, but uh, being centred out of our uh, Werribee campus. And and the reason why that's important, uh, Kevin, is because... um, you know, the campuses and Victoria's, Victoria University's footprint across the western suburbs in particular, west and slightly northwest, of course, as well, uh, we see that as the, the virtual uh, triangle of 
from Melbourne Port to Tullamarine Airport to Avalon Airport, yep. where, where um, SMEs in particular are, are highly representative of the transport and infrastructure industries uh, and, and are the key targets of this school in terms of um, participating and really benefiting from, uh, from these future projects. Uh, a lot of things to ask you out of uh, out of what you just said. Um, the the COVID uh, impact on on infrastructure. We we spend so much time in catch up mode with infrastructure uh, in the western suburbs. Is, is COVID uh, made that even more difficult again, and given us another another kind of setback in that area? Oh, look, I think it. I wouldn't describe it as a setback. I would describe it as a significantly greater importance. I think with COVID, uh, we are going to see, and we're probably already seeing. Um, a decentralisation of um, uh, Melbourne's uh, economy from, you know, from the centre of uh, Collins Street to uh, perhaps uh, significantly more economic activity in uh, regional, in, in um, uh, economic hubs. And, and, and we see some economic hubs in the west of Melbourne, particularly Footscray, Sunshine and Werribee being uh, really key to that. And so we're seeing that as a transformation of requirements and, yeah. Uh, rather than uh, something that's going to impact people, and we're we're anticipating that those projects are going to be even much more important for those um, uh, suburban or, or, or urban centres um, of economic and activity and future employment. You mentioned uh, that uh, it starts with the existing workforce, and you mentioned future employment. So when does the uh, when does the sort of the new breed start to come through and uh, and be attracted to to being involved in the virtual school? Is that something that will happen straight away, or something that will happen over time? So we're looking at making an impact there actually from next year. Okay. Um, so we've got uh, a few courses in, in, a few new courses as well as some existing courses that are going to be transferred and, and made more um, uh, relevant uh, in the transport systems and infrastructure areas. Uh, but we are looking to um, uh, develop some uh, unique courses in those areas that, that really address some of the changes in the industry, particularly the adoption of technologies, the changing of energy networks and, and how people are living and working uh, in their new environments, pro- probably urban environments as opposed to central city environments. It's a, it's a, obviously something that has a lot of tentacles. How are you kind of bringing all these together under the one roof? It's obviously a massive challenge for you. It is. You know, it does take quite a bit of effort, particularly in, um, uh, you know, uh, organisations like uh, universities and, and, you know, Transforming uh, some of the thinking processes, some of, you know, delivering and, and getting people to think about new uh, teaching capabilities and, and bringing new tools and and um, uh, material uh, together is is uh, other key things that we've been working on, particularly this year, and in fact, uh, half of most of most of last year as well. And we're starting to really see the engagement and interest now from industry and government. Uh, SMEs across uh, all of Melbourne, in fact, not just the western suburbs, and and using that to sort of attract that uh, activity uh, and interest on an ongoing basis for next year, and and really looking at rolling all of that out um, uh, over 2021 uh, uh, in, in in a number of different ways. So it does present a lot of challenges, but um, uh, you know, given the circumstances, we we think you know the circumstances of COVID, of course. Uh, we think the importance is um, actually getting larger rather than uh, anything else uh, under under COVID. 
Bill, when uh, when people think of transport systems and uh, what what visualises in their mind is obviously something different to what what you have in front of you in terms of uh, the areas that it uh, that it touches and the areas that you need to bring in under the umbrella to to make it all work. So what uh, what I mean in logistic terms, how does what effect will it have uh, immediately? So the, look, the immediate effect is that we're hoping that. Um the uh, businesses, government and uh, SMEs in particular will be able to really react quickly to get current infrastructure projects up and running, uh, new transport planning, um, they're readjust, uh, you know, readjusting and transforming uh, based on the needs of um, uh, current population movements, uh, uh, job requirements, as well as um, how transport is going to change in the future under, under pandemics like COVID. Uh, bringing all of that together—that's that's really where we where we see the immediate impact. And um, uh, in fact, we're, we're we're featuring some of these discussions uh, at our infrastructure, uh, sorry, our uh, industry day that we're holding on the second of October in the afternoon. And uh, we're trying to. This is our first foray uh, into um, uh, communicating with um, both government, with industry, and with uh, local governments as well in terms of um, what that future planning looks like how to participate, how to get involved, how to really, um, you know, take on board what, what this um, new future of transport and uh, infrastructure looks like. Now, if you thought bringing business and engineering and science and arts and educational lows together was hard, wait till you try and bring state government, local government and uh, and higher governments and industry all to the one table. <laughs> you, I, you, you start chewing now because you've bitten off a lot. Yeah, we have bitten off a lot, and uh, but we we feel that we've got a number of organisations in our ecosystem now on the same page, and we feel that we're probably starting to move in the same direction, yep. uh, which is really good, and that's why we're trying to really bring it together at our industry day on on second of October and sort of build momentum from there. There is no doubt that um, uh, you know research, industry, and government type collaborations and ecosystems always provide difficulties um, uh, but uh, you know at the end of the day we feel that 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 combination can also provide the best solution of what we're what we're looking towards in the future so it is worth the effort to try to as we would say herd these cats and uh, you know really br- you know br- bring some benefit across uh, across our communities by doing that uh, that uh, that day on the second October, how is uh, how is that actually working? It's not it's not a public day as such, or is it? So it's uh, it's mainly targeted at business yep. uh, at this stage um, uh, for this event, um, and the reason for that is uh, we feel that um, uh, we need to inf- better inform uh, the SMEs in in Melbourne uh, across broader Melbourne as well as in fact uh, specifically across uh, the west of Melbourne. To really uh, gauge how uh, the opportunities, uh, their skills requirements, and their and their own future business growth, uh, what that needs to look like in order for them to to really reap the benefits of the um, uh, all the opportunities that are arising. And the way we're doing that is is by bringing uh, government to the table. So we have a couple of government agencies as well as as well as a rail company. So we have um, Paul Units, who is the deputy secretary. Sorry, the secretary of the Department um, of Transport uh, attending and, and talking about the future of public transport. Okay. We've also got uh, Catherine Baxter from uh, Metro Rail who will be talking about very specific projects and, and employment opportunities as well as um, SME engagement. And we also have um, 
uh, Wade Noonan sending from uh, WOMEDA, uh, which is the uh, economic development agency within the western suburbs, to, to really highlight um, uh, and, and to really dig, dig a little bit deeper into what the current um, listed opportunities in the western suburbs are in transport and infrastructure and how to engage. And we're going to match that with um, some examples from current uh, research industry collaborations at Victoria University and feature some of our uh, current uh, corporate and SME collaborators All right, cool. uh, in research projects that are going to give people a really good feeling, a taste, um, a touch and feel of what they can do to, to, to replicate what uh, some of our current partners like the Transurbans, the Cisco's, uh, the Metro Rails, um, some of the energy companies that we work with, how they can replicate and, act, act, and actually participate in um, some projects in those areas. So it should really give people um, the coalface um, descriptions and, and, and information that they need to, to start to participate pra- in a practical way. A lot of people have uh, have reassessed where they're at in their life and in their particularly in their employment life uh, during the last sort of five or six months because the world's been thrown upside down and we've been thrown upside down with it. Um, the the sort of people that you're looking that uh, that might be in other industries now that might be attracted to this is that is that something that's uh, uh, that you've you've discovered as you've gone along with this? Yeah, actually, that's one of the highlights of trying to put this together is that. Traditionally, people have seen, you know, public transport in particular as, as being, hey, uh, am I a tram driver, a train driver, or a bus driver, or something like that? Yep. But, but what we've highlighted is a, is a whole ecosystem of uh, different uh, roles, capabilities, and skills that are required to actually fill a very broad range, a very broad landscape of jobs that are in transport and infrastructure that are actually highly transferable and vice versa. Uh, so, you know, we're seeing, you know, the next 10 years of large projects really uh, in transport and infrastructure, you know, generating skills and capabilities and deliveries in those specific areas, but also allowing people to come in and out based on their uh, transferable skills and, and capabilities that, are, that, that really apply across a very broad spectrum uh, of positions within, uh, within both of those industries. Uh, Bill, you mentioned that the School for Transport Systems and uh, and Civic Infrastructure is, is it's a virtual school, but it's not an online school. So, how's the practicality of delivering what you're what you're bringing to people? So, uh, the practicality is that at the end of the day, um, the teaching and learning and uh, upskilling and and other engagement areas uh, will be delivered through the the specific colleges, such as engineering and science and business, law and justice and arts and education. Okay. But there will be there will be some components. Uh, of that learning that straddle all of those. So, so while uh, students and others will start in a particular college, uh, they will get exposure and um, uh, knowledge and uh, skills training uh, across uh, all you know uh, all of the other colleges, respectively. Yeah, that integration's a really uh, really handy tool, isn't it? That is the key thing, and yeah. I think we've all. Uh, no, uh, you know, regardless of, co- of COVID or, or any other changing environments that, you know, uh, the, the skills that, that we're requiring uh, for future jobs uh, requires, um, you know, that integrated knowledge and yeah. um, across those different disciplines uh, to some ex- very broad extent. But, um, you know, having the grounding in one of the colleges uh, also helps. But um, it's that, uh, you know, synthesis of approaches that, that really will be will be creating uh, you know, the future workforce. 
Bill, the uh, the innovation and flexibility of uh, Victoria University as a, as an organisation to work with, it, it, no better example than what you're doing here. Look, I think it is, and I think um, Victoria University, uh, this isn't the only, uh, I guess, innovation that Victoria University has brought to the fore. Um, it, it has come up with a, a number of inno- innovations over the, over the past five years, and that's uh, five years, maybe even ten years, uh, Kevin, um, yeah. because it's come out of necessity. And that necessity is that um, Victoria University has had to transform itself as well to cater for, you know, the huge population growth in the in the west of Melbourne, yep. uh, but also a population that's uh, very culturally diverse, uh, which means that, you know, they've brought to the fore new ways of teaching such as the block mode. Uh, you know, the block mode um, uh, is, is basically a mechanism of teaching uh, subjects in, in a serial manner yep. compared to what, what is currently done across other universities where you learn subjects in a parallel way. And that way people can really focus deep into into their areas of study um, uh, based on that block mode. And, and, and given, you know, Victoria University is probably one of the most uh, spread universities in terms of campuses, um, you know, the um, uh, teaching, training, uh, uh, innovation around those areas has, has, has been uh, particularly, um, uh, particularly interesting, and um, we're seeing the school for transport systems and civic infrastructure being an extension of all of that, and uh, you know, representative of of how we're delivering all of that innovation. You've uh, you've worked all around the world: Silicon Valley, Singapore, uh, London, you know, Taipei. You've been uh, all around the place. Find yourself now at the Werribee campus, and uh, sound as excited about that as anything else you've done in your career. Absolutely, um, you know, uh, Werribee, uh, as I said, is a is probably at the centre of a huge population growth, and it's highly multicultural. So it's probably very representative of all those different countries I've worked in, yeah. and uh, that actually makes it quite interesting. And I think the future uh, looks really, really bright in in those regions uh, and beyond. In fact, and one of the things that people don't realise is that you know that corridor that Victoria University services. Um, uh, really extends out into Victoria's three biggest other cities, um, you know, Geelong, Ballarat, and Bendigo. Yep. Uh, you know, they're really at that, uh, at that edge. And, uh, you know, we're hoping to, you know, bring them in and better integrate, uh, the regional environment to, to this, um, urban and peri-urban environment and, um, really build value for that, for that corridor. Bill, you mentioned the, uh, infrastructure day on the 2nd of October. Uh, people obviously go to the website to find out more about that. They do. So it is at the website and you'll find the website um, at www.vu.edu.au and you just have to search for the School for Transport Systems in there. Uh, you, you know, you don't have to go to much extended wording, but uh, with, through that you'll find that and there'll be a link through through there. But we've also uh, advertised it on LinkedIn uh, through the VU LinkedIn website. It's yeah. also on the uh, Department of Transport LinkedIn site um, and uh, so people would be should be able to pick it up uh, reasonably easily and find the link and, and simply register. So what's the plan after the uh, infrastructure day? How does how does this all get kind of laid out and uh, and uh, you start moving on it? So post infrastructure day, we we hope to be expanding uh, on more of the research industry collaborations. Start to really um, start to deliver some of the teaching, education, and upskilling uh, within some of those industry. Uh, collaboration and the forte really is um, starting to launch and uh, brand a, a lot of our um, uh, teaching and learning material for uh, you know next year's intake yeah. uh, and from there we, we, we hope to just to 
continue to incrementally build on what we're doing and stay relevant and and really uh, flexible in terms of um, how uh, how the landscape uh, of um, uh, transport and infrastructure projects uh, is evolving extremely rapidly. When you talk about intake, how many people are you talking about having in this program next year? Oh, look, it, 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 uh, it's hard to say because it covers a lot of different subjects yeah. into, and, and courses. Uh, so it includes some of the existing courses uh, in engineering, business, law and arts, uh, but it also includes some new courses, and we're we're really it's really a mixture of all of those. Um, and um, uh, one of the things that we hope that we we achieve also is that when people get into one of these, I guess, vertical colleges, that they'll also start to you know consider uh, specialising in 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 transport as well. So you know we're looking at um, uh, you know uh, intakes hopefully of let's call it one to three hundred. Yep. Across various uh, various other colleges, as well as some specific sort of areas of delivery as well. But uh, again, that's hard to say because they'll be uh, spread across uh, a few different um, departments or colleges, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. Second uh, of October is the day for the infrastructure day. Bill, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. Uh, really interesting. Uh, obviously, uh, years ahead uh, in this uh, in this uh, sort of space, but uh, terrific stuff from Victoria University once again. Uh, thank you very much for the opportunity. Well, thanks to Dr Bill Petreski, the Director of the School for Transport Systems and Civic Infrastructure. Now, you know a heck of a lot more about it, as I do. I hope you enjoyed uh, that chat. More to come on the uh, Talking Wyndham podcast. And, of course, you can go back uh, through the Committee for Wyndham uh, Facebook page and website and check out previous episodes. Also on the Omni platform as well, or just dial it up on any of the uh, search engines you use to find your podcast. Type in uh, Talking Wyndham and uh, all the apps will come up. You can uh, check out a whole lot of things uh, about uh, a whole lot of things that are going on in this city, uh, many of which you would know about uh, if you hadn't listened to this podcast. So please uh, go back and have a listen to some of those earlier episodes. Vic Uni, of course, check out their website, vu.edu.au. As I mentioned, the virtual open day is now on demand, so you can actually have a look at that on the website. You can check out the uh, the block learning model that we talk about a lot on this podcast and have in, uh, in recent times, and of course, all the information you need. Uh, it is a terrific organisation, Vic Uni. I know I, I, know I, I kind of bat on about it, but I, I really do admire what they stand for and the fact that they're actually able to achieve what they stand for and, uh, and put it into practice. I think that's a really important thing and a really important part of uh, uh, the whole culture of the Western suburbs is built around, in many ways, uh, what the uh, Vic Uni brings to the table. Uh, so we thank them for their support on our podcast. Check out their website, vu.edu.au. Until the next time, I'm Kevin Hillier. Take care. Thanks for listening. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page.